It's not always the most pleasant experience for someone if you're if you're asking for help and they say, oh, hey, I'd love to help you. What, you know, how can I do that? Or let me do that. And if the response is, that's not the way I wanted you to do it. Again, there's a lot of tone there uh, that's coming from the emotional state that you're sitting in where you need help. Welcome back to Clarity Cafe. This is our place that we sit down, take a little sip of sanity, take a break from life and get a little clarity. So welcome to the Clarity Cafe. I'm here with my Clarity sister, Barb. Hey, Barb. Hey, Callie. Hey, Clarity family. Nice to be here with you today. We are so grateful for all of you. And we've just been having so much fun in our social media conversations on Facebook and Instagram at Clarity Cafe Podcast. Thank you for your likes and your shares and your feedback. It just warms our heart. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you haven't already subscribed to this podcast, please do so. Hit that subscribe button. And if you're already subscribed, just take a moment, would you? And uh, share a review. Let us know what you love. It always helps us to grow these little small podcasts by talking about them, sharing the word. And uh, we're really grateful for you. So today's topic, cannot wait to get into this one, is about how to gracefully receive help. So we talked about asking for help. We've talked about receiving compliments. (laughs) But today we're going to talk about receiving help and maybe some thoughts around the ways we may ask for it and how we may end up coming across to other people when we do. So with that, let's go ahead and kick off. Barb, what's your initial thoughts about receiving help? I think this is an advanced concept, and I'm really excited that we're talking about it today because it's one of those things that a lot of times when we need help, whether it's physical help, like we're stuck somewhere and we need someone to help pull us out of a hole, or uh, emotional help where we're stuck in an emotional state like anxiety or stress, that when we are asking for help, it may be coming from a place of being frustrated with ourselves, judgmental toward ourselves, angry with ourselves that we need that help. You know, it's not always the most pleasant experience for someone if you're if you're asking for help and they say, oh, hey, I'd love to help you. What, you know, how can I do that? Or let me do that. And if the response is, that's not the way I wanted you to do it, then there's a lot of tone there uh, that's coming from the emotional state that you're sitting in where you need help. So, It's pretty advanced to say that when you're in that position of stress and in that place of stress, can you just take a minute and then be gracious and neutral and open to what that help might look like and be able to receive it? So we talked about when you're receiving a compliment, sometimes you deflect it or have an immediate reaction of downgrading it or whatever. In this case, I think it's more about how the help can be a mutually wonderful experience for both people because I know when I help someone, I always feel so much better than I imagine that they even feel because I've contributed and done something generous from my heart. And sometimes people are trying to help and they might bumble a little bit. And it's really great to just acknowledge, wow, thank you so much for doing that. And could you also help me kind of position this over here so that won't happen again? And just be in a place of gratitude and appreciation. 
And it all goes back to awareness of how we're projecting to the other person, how we're communicating, and also being kind to ourselves. <laughs> oh, Barb. <laughs> just that. Just that. It's right? really simple. I love, I'm like, oh, welcome to Clarity Cafe. You know, we just like to sip a little sanity. And I'm like, okay, today we're taking a big old slice of reality pie. <laughs> I mean, not that that's ever happened to me, of course. No. I'm just, this is just observation. <laughs> I'm like, oh, we just do this light little podcast. How come every podcast we're talking about triggers? <laughs> well, there's a lot of them out there. <laughs> it is. And like asking for help can be such a landmine for some of us. Now, some of us are super great at asking for help and you're present with people and you don't ask things of people that um, they can't deliver, you know, or you don't expect that they, you know, they can do more than they can or, or whatever. Some of us have really honed this skill. And some of us <laughs> might have a little work to do in this area. So let's try as we tiptoe our way. Although I don't know. I don't think we've tiptoed. I think we're waist deep. What do you think, Barb? <laughs> <laughs> I think we kind of stomped in. I feel in. like I need a, like a life, <laughs> life preserver right now just so I can float here for a minute without, you know, feeling like I might drown here. So, yeah, okay. There's these parts, right? There's the knowing I need help. There's the formulating that I need help and that I want to ask for help. There's asking the right person for help. And then it's how we ask and how we receive. So this is a massive little tiny sip of clarity. <laughs> It's a jumbo. It's a jumbo um, size. And so when we think about breaking all of those things down, I think it's important to say to oneself, where do I struggle? Maybe I'm good at knowing I'm in over my head and I need help. Maybe I don't even get that far. Maybe, you know, for some of us, it might be, it's not until we're floundering and like somebody who cares about us looks over and is like, hey, would you like some help? <laughs> and I love that concept that you bring up, Barb, of, so let's just say in the case of floundering, someone's like, I, I need help, I, you know, don't even know, got my hands too full, don't even realize I've got too many things on my plate or literally my hands too full. Someone can very easily look over and see that. And you brought this concept up of being like flustered or frustrated or, you know, in a particular state so that when someone does engage and ask if we need help, we're not necessarily responding how we would want to respond if we weren't already a hot mess. <laughs> Exactly. And it's not that people expect you to be your most charming self when you're in a situation of needing help, but just being open to, oh, help is going to, if there's an expectation that help and you're going to get that relief, you know, for me, if I can get to that stage of the process versus, you know, I, I know one thing that I find is that I'll be like, if I'm feeling a little grumpy about something, oh, I'd 
you know, I just dropped, I just spilled coffee grounds and now I'm going to have to, and now my coffee, I got to have to remake my coffee and I'm going to have to clean up the coffee grounds and, you know, it's going to get in the grout or whatever. All the little things that are sort of painful about that minimum, that daily experience, something, things like that happen to us every day. Um, and someone says, can I help? And you're like, no, that's okay. I got this. I made the mess. I'll just, you know, I'll clean it up. Well, now you've just like, created a whole negative energy of field around yourself about something really simple. Whereas if you just go, Oh, huh, there's a, I just uh, contributed to the, to the uh, coffee market here. And uh, <laughs> we're just going to make some new coffee and clean this up. And then, and then it actually becomes kind of fun. I think about, uh, uh, you know, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, right? Those, those animated Disney movies, those early animated Disney movies, whistling while you work and people being happy actually doing things together. These situations can become a teamwork opportunity in a collaboration versus a, you know, I need help a tra- versus a transactional one. Right. And that's a distinction for me. Like, Oh, if I could turn that into something, that's kind of a pleasant experience that we laugh about, of course, because of course, when we do that and we do that all the time, like, you know, when we get together for coffee in the morning you know, on a on the fairly regular, we will have some kind of coffee adventure to 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 talk about, right? Like maybe we burned something, <laughs> like, you know, our hand, maybe. <laughs> oh, okay, 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 I, okay, okay. I you see there, hey, hey, everybody. Now, what's happened here today is I've been outed by Barb <laughs> about this very serious situation. I've but I've also outed myself because I did the same thing. We both have coffee, hot water story, burn stories that have happened within the last year. We've got to come clean here. So here's the deal, folks. I have a massive, I'm not very good at knowing my degrees of burns, but it's bad. It's it's super bad um, burn on my arm because I like press pot coffee. Now, for those of you who have heard maybe French press or uh, the idea is that you grind the beans right before you use them because that's how they stay the freshest. And then you you boil the water, you put it in this French press or this press pot, and then you wait three to four minutes and then you press it. Well, I pressed it. I guess I was feeling a little, I was a little clumsy and the hot boiling water came out, hit my arm and burned me all down, I, like all down my arm. I don't think I could do that again if I tried. If there was like an Olympic sport for burns though, Barb and I, we would be up there. We would be strong competitors because we both have in common our um, uncanny ability <laughs> to burn ourselves accidentally. And when people see the burn, they're like, how did you do that? Because <laughs> my story, I have to tell mine now since yes, was mine was actually with a with a drip. Um, it's actually this uh, spiral drip because I think the water goes in spirals. And so you put the filter in there, you put the coffee grounds in, you put it over the container you want the coffee to go into and you do a pour over like you get in a nice coffee shop. And and it was pretty full. And then they're just if the if it goes off kilter, if it was on a cup that was a little bit too big for the bottom of that filter, it might slip. And that hypothetical actually happened. And that water splashed onto the back of one of my hands and burned the entire back of my hand. And uh, 
uh, it's sort of you're in shock when it happens, but then it's just the, it's the days and weeks afterwards of telling that story over and over again to people that make you remember it because your skin will heal, but you sort of remember the lesson. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I did need some help to clean that up, clean up that mess. It was quite a mess. <laughs> was there a lesson? Did I learn a lesson from my burn? I'm not, I, I'm not sure. I did. <laughs> Spill three things that morning. So the burn was the final one. I'd already spilled two before that. So what I did was decide that that was a day where my next thing to do after I'd made my coffee was to empty the dishwasher. And I decided that's not what I was going to do because I was, I had revoked my pass for touching anything breakable. Well, that's a good lesson. It was, it was like, okay, <laughs> we're not cleared to touch anything that could break today. We're just gonna move on. So yeah. Anyway, anyway. Asking for help. So I asked for help there. I said, can someone help me empty this dishwasher? Because I want to break something <laughs> yeah, else. Exactly. Um, but I think that I, I like that concept when you talk about creating a whole nother situation when you're down there on the floor and there's these coffee grinds and you're cleaning it up and you're frustrated. You know, we're, one can be frustrated. We could be frustrated that we spilled. We could be frustrated that we're in a hurry. We could be frustrated at what you know, it just messed up our clothes, whatever the thing is. Um, and then when someone steps in and tries to help us, we may forget to gear shift and say, oh, thank you. Yes. Wait, you're not part of that thing that just happened. You're part of the solution. Yeah. Yeah. And and that can happen at work too. I think sometimes we forget we have these allies at work that show up to help us or they know we've taken on a little bit bigger of a project that we can deliver in on a timely fashion or that we're really going to, if we are going to deliver on time, it's going to take hours and hours and hours. And so people can show up and they can help us. We can also ask for help because not everybody's paying attention to what we're doing and may not know we need help, but they'd be glad to. But making sure we gear shift and be present with them when they have shown up to help us and that we are doing it in a tone and in a request manner that would be congruous with how we want to show our gratitude for them helping us. It is a really important call out. Yeah. And it just transforms the whole experience because then you leave that experience with, wow, that's great. Help came at the right time and now everything is cool and that's all going to get done. I do see that you know, noted that even in myself and in other folks at the clinic where, you know, I'll see people kind of rushing around and then uh, I'll say, oh, hey, you know, or or we're waiting. One of the things that we do a lot of in a clinic where you do a lot of IVs is people have to be constantly changing out the bags. So you have a bag of vitamins and then you have a bag of, of um, alpha lipoic acid and then you have a bag of something else, NAD. And so that needs to be done by someone who's qualified and knows how to do it, obviously. And on a busy day, um, you know, that can get can get a little hectic for the staff, but our vibe is always everything's cool. And so it really takes a lot of teamwork and it's rewarding to watch people figure that out, like even just with a glance, like, and they'll just say room four and somebody will know to go in there and help so that they, so that. Not only have they now had a very productive teamwork experience, the patients also had a great experience and had no idea that maybe we were like, that was the busiest part of the day. 
and it just has a snowball effect. And by the end of the day, if you've done that three or four or five times, your bond with your teammates and the experience of everyone in the clinic, staff and patients is positive. And so that teamwork, that team sports, even mentality of really being a team and being able to help each other and give and receive help is a part of the game. It's not a part of creating a tally list that you're going to owe people later or, you know, um, some sort of strange like interchange and like people are keeping tally or people are going to have grudges or people are going to expect things surround let's surround ourselves with people who we frame our life as we're all a big team here we're all working together for the common good whatever that is whether it's a project at work whether it's baking cupcakes or making coffee doesn't matter what that thing is you know it's it's a team it's teamwork and we want to win together so being able to give and receive help without a lot of emotional baggage is imperative for having a successful team environment. 100%. One other thing I think in that is that we talked about asking for help and being able to receive help. And one of the ways that I find I more successfully receive help is the more specific I am in the request and in the ask. And even in a clarification. So it's all about that communication. Someone, if you're, you know, I cook a lot and, you know, people are saying, can I help? And I have this tendency to say, no, 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 because I actually just love to cook and I know where everything is in the kitchen and I kind of have the synchronicity of, you know, that's going to get done then and that's going to get done and everything will happen together. But I've tried being experimenting with, you know, help having people help a little bit. But you have to be very specific. Yeah, could you get that cutting board and that knife and chop that garlic, please? That would be amazing. Because if you don't, they'll end up with the wrong stuff. And in your head, you'll, I'll say, oh, I wish they were using the other cutting board and the other knife. That wasn't what I intended. <laughs> so the more, the more specific I am with my request and more I clarify, the, better, the easier it is for the person who's helping as well. Actually, if you want to help me get up off the floor, the best thing you could do would be bring the chair over and then let me hold hold on to it versus pick me up, for instance. It's such a great call out. And I think there's two sides of that. And obviously, there's lots of ways to receive help because there's the asking for help and being very specific with what we need. And then sometimes it's big, you know, like maybe I need help with something in my life and it's kind of a big thing. And I don't have the answers. I don't know how I need help. So sometimes when it's like a big thing, I might have to say, hey, I'm really stuck here or I'm really emotionally processing this. And I don't, I would love help. I don't know how to get out of this. Do you have any ideas? And in that way, when we say be specific, Barb's example of the cutting board and the knife and making sure, you know, you're not mixing cutting boards or knives or whatever, because you've got specific things you're cooking, that makes complete sense. And then when it's something bigger, where maybe we don't have a specific answer, and maybe we need, we just need help and we don't know what that is, it can be very impactful to allow the person to help as they see fit. So, If I've got a big major life thing coming on in my life or happening in my life, I may not know what I need, but I can say, you know, I need help. And then receiving that help 
Maybe it's just they come and sit with me and be with me. Maybe it's that they take me for a walk. Maybe that it's helped me with my dogs with A, B, and C. You know, maybe it's helped me figure out travel plans because I'm really overwhelmed. Whatever the thing is, we want to make sure we're painting that picture that we don't want to sit there and say, and this is exactly how you help me. And if you do not help me this way, it is a complete fail. <laughs> right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. They may have a better idea. Absolutely. Well, and I mean, I know I can think of a lot of times, Callie, when, you know, something emotional has come up for me and you'll, we'll talk about it for a minute and maybe parse it out a little bit. And then you'll say, let's change the subject and talk about something light for a minute. And it turns out that that's so helpful because it gets me out of that, you know, emotional spiral into a whole different space. And then on the other side of that, it's much easier to solve whatever that situation was because we're doing it from an awareness and neutrality. We just have to kind of break that, particularly when it's a big, you know, yarn ball and we just don't know how to get it undone, right? We need a little space. And a lot of times that is just sitting and, you know, having a cup of coffee and talking about something else or going for a walk, just being quiet. That yarn ball is definitely is a really good reminder, Barb, because sometimes you undo a yarn ball, but you, you know, you can do pieces of it staring straight at it. And sometimes you need to set it down and set it aside for a moment so the emotions can pass. So when Barb says that, I'll say, hey, let's change the subject for a moment and talk about something light and we'll get back to this. I want to be very clear. I don't just change the subject without saying exactly what I'm doing so that my friends, specifically yeah. <laughs> in this case, Barb doesn't think I'm going, wow, Barb, that was a really big emotional thing. I don't want to talk about it. Let's talk about cheese puffs. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to share with the listeners who exactly. aren't sitting there on the phone calls with us or there with us together we'll kind of have the very specific tactics of how that's done, which is, you know, to acknowledge that as big, let's process for that for a little bit. Let's talk about this over here. And then it'll naturally come back up. And it tends, we tend to have some resolution as that comes back up. So that's a whole nother podcast for sure, Barb. We should just call it yarn ball. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yarn ball. <laughs> so for those of you who uh, are part of the social media conversation, or if you haven't joined, do join on Instagram and Facebook. We would love to hear some things that you do and that you've asked for help for recently and how that's gone. Share with us. We want to hear. And um, again, if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, please do and help us out by leaving a review. So that's it for today. And uh, until next time, be well. Bye.